Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everybody. It's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you are all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and clicking on the little uh, bell icon so you're notified as soon as we put up new videos. We've got loads of videos and loads of great guests coming up, including today's guest. Probably the best way to describe him is Mr. Knees at Mother Brown, Mr. KUMB.com himself. It's Graham Howlett. Hi, Graham. How are you? Hi, Russ. Very well, thanks. Thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure, and it's glorious sunshine I can see coming through your your yeah, French it is. windows. Where is it? It's I'm, I'm, it's that side, isn't it? Yeah. Everything's backwards. It's not that way. It's that way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it is. It's uh, it's stunning out there. So. Uh, yeah. And I think it's going to be horrendous for the rest of the week, so yep. we've got to make the most of it. By exactly, account, so, so we're not going to keep you for too long. Uh, <laughs> it's going to piss down tomorrow and for the rest of the week. Yeah, it looks that way. It's not yeah, we've good. had our nice, but it's nice for a bank holiday weekend. At least have a couple of decent days. Anyway. Is it bank holiday? I, I, I don't know. I Is it? I, I, I've totally lost trace. When did the bins really go out? No got to put the bins out yet? I don't know. About <laughs> six like... weeks ago, I think I last put mine out. I'll, I'll have to ask the wife. She's been doing that lately. So <laughs> love it. <laughs> I, I, let, I let mine cut my hair, and it's and now I look like <laughs> Phil Mitchell. But hey. It'll grow yeah. back in time going back to the office. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Those poor hairdressers, they're losing a fortune at the moment, but I'm sure they're going to make it back in droves when uh, it, they're going to be very when similar they're open to, again. Exactly. It's going to be like how Tesco's is now. You know, they're all going to be yeah. queuing outside. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely brilliant for them. Bumper time. <laughs> brilliant. Anyway, what we're doing is obviously not talking about anything that's that we can't control, like the, the pandemic, but what we can control is our memories of West Ham. And yes. uh, that's the idea of this is to look back at, uh, you know, fond memories, early memories of West Ham, interviewing fans from all over the world, all different ages, and also finding out about their their players that maybe meant something to them or, or didn't mean anything. You know, it's, it's really it's really interesting. And obviously, Graham, you've obviously been a West Ham fan for a long time. Um, you know, what would you say would be sort of your earliest memories of West Ham? I, I know exactly what my earliest Brilliant. memory of West Ham is because it was the uh, it was the 1975 Cup final, and uh, it was the, the first game I'd ever seen televised live. I think it was the first game of football I'd even watched televised live. Um, and, of course, we were there. Uh, my, my dad and my, my grandfather were both at, uh, at Wembley. I was just a little bit too small to, to go, unfortunately. So I was at home with mum watching it on the, on the TV. Um, so 
absolutely. Yeah, I can, I can remember that. I still remember watching it now. I can still remember West Ham winning the cup. Um, and uh, I sort of thought that it was always going to be like that. Yeah. You know, so, you know, people say they don't follow West Ham um, as glory hunters, but I probably was one of the rare ones who was because yeah. we won that. And then the next year, of course, we played at Heysel in the Cup Winners' Cup final. And then within five years, we were back at Wembley winning the Cup again and oh, the Cup final. It. So it was like, you know, it was a fantastic time to be a kid growing up. Yeah. Also the worst in a way because... You know, we've won bugger all since, so it was all kind of, it's, it's all been sort of incredibly disappointing as a result since then. But yeah, I mean, clear as clear as a whistle, that was my, yeah. that was my first game, first memory. And obviously that's, that, was, that was a particularly fond memory as well as an early memory. It was, you know, yeah. Um, you know, are there any sort of other memories that, that sort of pop into your mind in terms of your fondest memories? Maybe, play, maybe people you've met and interacted with, obviously, for the website and things like that? I think generally, as far as the website's concerned, it's just been having the opportunity to meet so many people that otherwise we, we would never have met. Yeah. You know, we've got people come from all over the British Isles, um, not even just the British Isles, people in France. We've had some guys from Australia um, and Canada that have you know, come over to me at various points over the years and said, hello, um, you so-and-so from these up Mother Brown. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, the, the, and they sort of say, yeah, you know, I'm this member. And even, even recently um, when I've been working with the, um, the, uh, the the food banks team mm. um, on the on the approach to, uh, to to the island at Stratford. I've had guys come over and say hello to me there that I've been talking to for twenty years and we've never even met before. You know, and it's it's really weird because you know you you, you know each other. Yeah. But you 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 know you you'd walk past them in the street, but you know we've been conversing about West Ham and life in general for years and years. So that that really is. Uh, a wonderful thing in a way that that yeah. whole sort of community aspect uh, in terms of matches loads i mean you know countless i mean as, as i say my first my first game was in 1976 uh, mm. which was a defeat so that was a particularly <laughs> unhappy memory yeah but it kind of set the stall out for for what was to come for the next four decades really um but i always say when people say to me what was what was your favorite game i always look at the uh the 1999 i think it was 19 i was it 19 no it was 99 the uh, the quarterfinal of the Worthington Cup, I think it was at the time, when we played Aston Villa, and it was the game when um, we played uh, Manny Omiyini. He came on with eight minutes to go. Do you remember yeah. the game? Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. was it was replayed, but it was it was it was the game that it went to penalties. We come back. I think we were two 0 behind, and we got yeah. back to two two. Went to penalties. And it was sort of level pegging and Gareth Southgate stepped up to take a penalty for Villa. Now, bear in mind, this was two or three years after nice, he yeah, famously yeah. missed the, the penalty in the semi-final at Euro 96. And it's the only time I think I've ever heard an opponent's name cheered when he was named as, you know, to, to come up to take the penalty. It was, it was hilarious. Um, and it, it really threw him off his, you know, threw him, threw him out. And of course, he missed the penalty. Yeah. We won the shootout. Uh, but consequently, we, we were forced to replay the game and... Yeah. and inevitably lost that so yeah that, that was quite kind of a funny moment um other moments like when the lights went out do you remember that in 97 that was that was an interesting moment when yeah. uh, Lampard scored yeah we were 2-0 down in that game weren't we against Palace and we came back to yeah to level it at 2-2 and Lampard uh reeled away to celebrate and the lights went out yeah. and of course that one would have turned out a little bit better because I think we won the the, the replay of that 4-1 we smashed yeah. them off the park so yeah 
<laughs> that was that was, there was a bit better. Was but like a loads period. and loads. I'm, I'm, I could be here forever, Russ, talking I know, about I totally. And there was a period, wasn't there, where it's just like we had like the lights go out. I think we played Newcastle once and there was like a, a mini monsoon in the middle of the pitch when they were warming up. I remember that. We had to cancel. You know, it was like a bizarre time. And it was like, I yeah. think it happened a few times the lights went out. Um, yeah. I can remember. And it's like, yeah, 50p's in the meter and all that type of thing. That's but, it. Uh, That's it. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was a funny time. They're obviously a lot more professional now and, and those kind of things don't tend to happen. Uh, we, of course, we had the famous one in 2000 or 2001, I think, when the, the club's website put out a story saying that um, the, the game would go ahead um, uh, regardless of the situation. It was snowing, I think, at the time. And they said, yeah. come hell or high or water, the game would definitely go ahead. And then two hours later, my, my old pal, Chris Raystrick, who used to run the, uh, the official website, had to put out a, a groveling message to say, actually, it's not going ahead because yeah. uh, it's, it was snowed under. So that, that was another funny one. But yeah, yeah. The, the, the club is a lot more professional these days and we don't seem to get too many of those no, things. No, we had, we had the, obviously, we had the, the Man City game, wasn't it, where they literally had that torrential like, storm. And I remember Rob Pritchard yeah. having to tweet a little video and it was like, yeah, it's not happening. Turn around if you're on your way mental yeah. but uh yeah you think yeah, is that go on you go no i was just going to say you you mentioned sort of a, like abandoning games there um i was trying to i was doing a story recently and i couldn't think of too many games that had been abandoned but like this year we've is, is you know we've had two or three mm. and obviously with where we are now with the with the entire season being cancelled that's obviously a, a, a completely unique situation yeah. so perhaps you know it's it, it comes and goes but and yeah, who knows and who knows what's going to happen? You know, if it might, exactly. might, all, might all, we might be quite regularly calling games off because, yeah. you know, I don't know, God forbid, but as a player at one club, we're playing as caught something and we don't know what's happening. But uh, no, it's, it's going to be very interesting. And this is the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm quite heavily involved in grassroots football as well. Yes. And we're sort of still waiting to see whether or not we're going to be allowed to play any time this year at all. So it's, it's a very, very odd situation for everybody because am I, am I right to believe that a lot of the lower sort of lower ends of the pyramid have basically stopped they've just said that's it um yeah the uh, grassroots was called off uh, in march for, yeah. for this season um and the sort of further down the football pyramid i think the national league as well haven't they I think so, yeah. it's uh, cancelled but it's it's a question of when they go back yeah we're supposed to be going back in september the end of september but we, we, you know, the Premier League are talking about not being able to have fans in the in the ground for mm. several months. So, you know, whether or not you're going to be allowed to have uh, gatherings on uh, the local rec or whatever mm. remains to be seen. But it's a very it's a very uh, unusual and and uh, unique time for everybody. It is. It is. It is. Where it is indeed. But you know, it's given us great a great opportunity to look back at. You know, Robert Banks has been putting all the season reviews on YouTube. With yeah, up fantastic. And, and that's been brilliant because, yeah. I, you know, I've got a newfound appreciation for a lot more players. And chatting to people like you and chatting to, obviously, all the other guests, you know, you've got memories about players. And, you know, I, was, I wasn't around for, you know, a lot of big period, like the 70s and 80s. And so it's like, you know, you're sort of learning. It's sort of reliving history, so to speak. It's really, really interesting. Um, yeah. And that's the idea of this. So to just find out different stories. So you know, for what well, we will move on to the Hammers Eleven because we'll, we'll start pushing it along. Let's talk about okay. COVID. And um, and the idea is it's it's a relatively simple concept. We try and keep it to a four four two, but I'm flexible now. I figured okay. out how to do stuff on on video now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not my day job. This in so it's, it's great. <laughs> uh, but I've got plenty of spare time. Um, you know, 
also it's your 11 so you can pick whoever you, you want to pick and I, I, as we mentioned before we start I think you've got like a nice theme which we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about um and lastly you know we try and keep it to people that we've seen we've been alive to see um so obviously yes. if you if everyone, everyone picked their West Ham dream team it would have Bobby Moore in it um but I wasn't around to see Bobby Moore I was around to see Javier Marguez basically <laughs> you know it seems, a, seems not a quite one. the same but you know it, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Javier yeah. Marguez had, had claret hair how many other he players did. had claret hair? He did, and he and he also offered the supporters a free weekend in his hotel. If I, or, or well, I say hotel, it was a brothel, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> if they ever found themselves in Santiago, I think it was. Or, or <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. All right, so Graham, so so do you, do you want to introduce the theme you're going to be imposing yeah. in your eleven? Well, see now the thing is, as as we said before we spoke, you said that uh, you were doing this and and tasked us to come up with something, and I, I tried to think of something a little bit unique. Yep. Um, and I've actually come up with something incredibly tenuous Love it. Um, because at the moment, as, as I said, we're, we're sort of all living under house arrest a little bit. So that gave me an idea to create um, a, a West Ham team of players who had either uh, had their collar felt <laughs> and been arrested at some point or were involved in some sort of scandal or scan and had been on the, you know, the wrong end. So uh, I don't know how we're going to go. It, it, was, it, it, was, it was quite interesting. It was actually amazing to see how many people I could have chosen from yes. you know when I went yeah. back in the in the KUMB news archives and sort of further beyond just to see how many people had sort of uh, been involved with the police at some time or other but uh yeah so we'll we'll, we'll give it a crack anyway and, and that's great and see that's, where we go where would you like me to start Russ uh let's start with uh, between the sticks of the bad boys 11 here we go here okay. we go right so this is really a choice of two um first of all you will obviously know the story of Bernard Lama uh, who received a two-month ban uh, by the French Football Federation in 1997 after uh, he was tested positive for cannabis um, prior to a France game against the Netherlands. So um, that, was, that was even more tenuous on the tenuous thing. That was taking it even more tenuous because I don't think he was actually arrested for it. There's no evidence that I could find to say that he was nicked <laughs> as a result. He just received a ban. So how the French Football Federation found out about it, I don't know. But um, we put him to one side. And in the end, I went for young Stephen Bywater. Okay, thank you. Uh, who, after this wasn't at West Ham, fortunately, but uh, in 2018, uh, you, you may or may not have heard of this story, but he was arrested um, after attacking two guys who were delivering a new oven to his house with a sword. I'm bizarre, <laughs> absolutely bizarre. Um, he, he was apparently he was nicked wearing uh, pajamas and slippers, and his street was cordoned off by police uh, with machine guns. Um, and uh, he was actually cleared in the end. I, I don't quite know how he got away with it, but uh, just for the comedy factor alone, yeah. I think, really, of, of the whole affair, he would, uh, he would have to be my number one. So yeah. I'm going to go with Stephen Bywater as, as a goalkeeper. And he weren't a bad goalkeeper for us. He, he right. Well, he did okay. I mean, bearing in right. mind, he was thrown in at the deep end, wasn't he? he? Was. In uh, 2006, wasn't it? Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, when Jimmy Walker had to, had to come off in the final, especially. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and and you know we were all sort of were you were you there that day? Were yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. I was there. No, yeah. you, you'll remember sitting there biting your fingernails and yes. thinking, Christ, here comes Stevie Bywater. Yep. Um, he hadn't played a lot before that, had he? He made his debut in that uh, ridiculous game against Bradford, didn't Bradford, he? Which yeah, yeah, yeah. Four, where he was getting beaten all, all over the shop. Um, who was it? Was it, was it uh, Lawrence? Was it? Was it Lawrence? The guy? Yeah, with the, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The guy with the, yeah. the funny, yeah, yeah, bleached head, who, didn't he? Yeah. Who lobbed him from thirty yards and all that? So uh, he, he definitely had his moments, and you know, he, he had a decent career uh, in the yeah. end. Uh, but a, a, a funny guy, I think. Yeah. And 
Brilliant someone story. that was quite well liked at West Ham at the time. Yeah. But yeah, so he's my number one. We're, we're going we're gonna to start with Stevie Bywater in goal. Okie dokie. Who are we going to go for on left back then, Graham? Right. So shall I go through the defenders and then I'll tell you sort of who, we've, who, who I've come up with? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, it's, it's funny you mentioned Bobby Moore because if we're doing a, mm. uh, an arrested development 11, as I've named the team, <laughs> um, your, your obvious choice is going to be who's the, who's the most famous Nick in West Ham's history. It's got to be Bobby Moore, isn't it? When he was arrested in Bogota um, during yep. the night, or just prior to the 1970 World Cup finals, uh, when he was uh, uh, the shop owner claimed that he had nicked a bracelet, which was clearly a load of nonsense, and, and he was framed. Uh, but we can't have Bobby Moore. I didn't see Bobby Moore play. I, no. I did see Martin Peters play, funnily enough, for Norwich Reserves of, of, <laughs> of all teams um, in the late 1970s, but I never got the chance to see Bob play, so I, I, Bob's out. Yeah. Um, other players we could have had, uh, Gary Charles was a potential fullback. Um, Harry Redknapp paid a million pounds, didn't he, to bring him from, is it Porto? Someone in, in Portugal like, yeah. uh, in 2000. And, he barely played for the club because I think he had a bit of a, an issue with, uh, with drink. And I think it was in 2000, he fled the scene of an accident after crashing his Mercedes. Um, but he was so pissed that he left a, a half-drunk bottle of whiskey in the, in, the, in the front seat. So all the evidence was there to see. But um, Gary Charles didn't make it anyway. I didn't think he, he was really good enough. We could have had James Tompkins. James Tompkins was arrested uh, outside the Sugar Hut nightclub in Brentwood in 2014. Uh, had a bit of an altercation with a police officer. Uh, Manuel de Costa um, was charged with three counts of assault. This isn't really good. This is, this is I'm not sure this is, this is, these, I mean, at least the Bywater one was funny, but these aren't particularly, uh, that was another Essex nightclub. That was at Faces in Ilford in, in 2010, oh, de Costa. Um, then we, we could have had Callum Davenport, um, who was arrested in 2015 on suspicion of assaulting a teammate on this occasion after a, a local league match in Bedfordshire. But none of those made the, made the lineup. In the end, I, I actually, I've used a bit of poetic license because without Gary Charles, we could, I, I couldn't find a, a bona fide left back. I would have had Julian Dix, but Julian Dix, to my knowledge, has never been in any trouble whatsoever with the police. How about that? Fantastic. The guy that's got, you know, the, the, the worst record on the pitch probably yeah. has been a saint off of it, which is, which is great. So uh, in the end, I've actually gone for Glenn Johnson. He's usually a right back, but I'm playing him at yeah. left back in this That's team. Um, Glenn, as you may or may not recall, was arrested in January 2007 after he was accused of stealing a toilet seat and other bathroom accessories from his local B&Q. Uh, he received an, an, an on-the-foot spine of 80 quid for, for that particular misdemeanor, but it's enough to get him in my team anyway. So I'm going to have Glenn Johnson as our left back. That's great. Okie dokie. We'll put Glenn at left back. Who are you going Glenn for the right back? Who's going to go uh, right Well, back? I mean, it, it, it's got to be. I mean, the, the guy with probably the longest um, rap sheet out of everybody in this entire team, it's going to be that crazy Czech, uh, Mr. Thomas Repka. Um, I mean, where, where do you start with Thomas Repka? I mean, the, he, he first came to the police's attention at West Ham in 2004 uh, when he was nicked um, after harassing a neighbour or the, the neighbour uh, issued a complaint. I'm uh, not quite sure what, uh, what happened there. And, of course, we know he was uh, spent a, a, a little bit of time in jail uh, last year when uh, yep. he, uh, he, he... I think he took a hire car on, didn't he? And, and sold like it. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, sold yeah. the hire yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was crazy. And he, he was also... Something to do with his ex-wife. I think he was um, soliciting her in, in phone boxes and yeah. stuff. Sorry I, that, like that. obviously yeah, yeah. fallen out. So, uh, absolute madman on the pitch and, and, and clearly an, an absolute nutcase off it as well. So... No question, it's got to be Thomas Repka, right? Back. Thomas Repka. 
the man who famously cried when it was his last game at Upton Park. I remember. How that. weird is that? How weird yeah. is that? You know, after everything, he, he, he sent off in his first game for West Ham. I think he hit the post in the playoff final as well. Yeah. Um, you know, kicked people left, right, and centre up in the air and cried on his last yeah. game. Oh, madness, madness, absolutely yeah, cra- crazy. Human, human side to him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here we go in the centres, centre backs. Then Graham. So our two centre halves. I'm going to renew a, a partnership from the uh, from the early 2010s. Okay. And we're going to go with first of all, we're going to go with uh, Ginge James Collins. Yep. Um, his particular misdemeanour was to uh, be arrested outside the Funky Buddha night spot in Mayfair. There's a common theme here, isn't there, about footballers and nightclubs? <laughs> Night club, you can yeah. see where we're going with all this. Um, three o'clock in the morning, he was nicked, but apparently, it was a case of mistaken identity, and he was later released. So. Um, James Collins, uh, we're definitely putting Ginge in. Yeah. Fantastic career at West Ham, two spells yeah. at the club, absolute legend, um, and the bedrock of any defence. So he's he's definitely Agreed. in. And alongside him, I'm going to play uh, Anton Ferdinand, uh, who once again was nicked outside Ilford's notorious Faces nightclub. Excuse me, um, in 2009-2010. Um, again, a, a charge of assault, I think what that was. And he was also mugged a few years before. Uh, and he had a couple of phones stolen, if I recall uh, rightly. So he's sort of been on both sides of it, you know. Both so sides, yeah. good, solid partnership. We're, in, we're, we're going to put those two back together. We're going to have Anton and, and Ginge uh, back at the heart of our defence. Sounds great. Sounds great. This is brilliant. I love this, Graham. This is fantastic. Right, OK. Let's move into midfield then. Who are we going to have on left wing then? Right, so... It's a bit difficult. I mean, we, we've got loads of defenders yep. I could have chosen from. Loads of strikers. But midfielders, we're, we're really struggling with midfield. And, yeah, so the only one that I've found uh, who hasn't made the team is our old friend Sean Newton, who mm. was uh, banned from football after a routine, or failing a, a routine drug test in 2006. But my favourite Sean Newton story in, in, with regards to the legal system is when he was... Um, accused of taking fifty pounds um, from Bobby Zamora and Teddy Sheringham to accept the blame for a driving offence, uh, which we're going to come back to in a little while. But okay. so yeah, so Sean, Sean Newton, wonderful, wonderful character, uh, decent, decent player. Ten, ten grand he was called, wasn't he? That was his nickname, yeah. if I remember yeah, rightly, because yeah. that's what we. Was it Charlton? Yeah, he bought him Charlton for 10 grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Sean Newton doesn't make the team, unfortunately. But going in, at, going in on, uh, on the left side of midfield, again, I'm going to have to use artistic license just a little bit here. That's fine. Um, and I'm going to have one of my favourite wingers um, from the last 40 years, actually, in, in uh, all of those West Ham teams. It's going to be Trevor Sinclair. Yep. Um, wonderful player. Uh, played for England, of course, in the World Cup Finals in 2002. Uh, rightly so. Um, absolutely superb player. Scored some wonderful goals. And of course, something for which he's rarely credited, that pass for oh, yeah. Paolo Di Canio's goal. That goal. Yeah, I remember that goal. Someone mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that it's, one. Yeah. You know, they, they say it's the best goal for, for years and years at West Ham, but it's also the best pass. The way he picks it up on the right wing and that cross-field pass yeah. onto Di Canio's toe, absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, Trevor's misdemeanor, he, he was arrested in misdemeanor. He was arrested in 2017, apparently, for assaulting a police officer and also drink driving. So, oh, and uh, public disorder. So he was, he was getting it all in in one, I think. Got a hat trick, yeah. Um, long after he'd left West Ham, but a wonderful player and, yes. and, and, and deserves a place in any uh, West Ham best 11. 
Agreed. Agreed. Tricky Trev on the left. Okay. Tricky Who are we going to have on, on the opposite ring, on the right ring then, Graham? So we're going to go back to the 1980s. Okay. And a player who is very much part of that very successful mid-80s team um, who John Lyle brought in, and that's uh, young Mark Ward. Yeah. Uh, who was fantastic, fiery little winger, great player, um, very, very difficult opponent to play against, I would imagine, and was an integral part of those, you know, the, the best teams that we had uh, during that period. Um, I don't need to go too much into to, to Mark's. We know he's had yeah. lots of issues over the years. He, he, he served some time at Her Majesty's Pleasure um, for, a, for a few years. Uh, so he's had a few issues, but a really, really good player and, and someone that's one of those players that's quite underrated, I think, yes. in terms of West Ham's recent history. So I think he's, he's a worthy inclusion in our, in our team anyway. No, agreed. We'll put Mark on the right. Okay, so we've got Trevor on the left, Mark on the right. Who are we going to have in, in, the, in the centre midfield positions in Graham? So, as I said, we're, we're struggling a little bit to, to fill, out, fill out a team. So, you know, we, we're going to go with, first of all, I'm going to go with our FA Cup final captain from 2006, uh, Nigel Rio Coca. Yeah. Who sort of fell out with West Ham fans, didn't he? When he, when he, mm. when he scored against Man U and, and all this came out. Did that, yeah. I think it was Man U. And so it was a bit of a shame. But for, for one year, uh, following the move from Wimbledon and taking us up to uh, that day at, uh, at Cardiff and when he led the team and was absolutely fantastic mm. uh, and was still only 20, was he 20, 21? Was, yeah, he was I very young, yeah. Forget that. Uh, so for that year um, that he had, you know, the first year back in the, in the, uh, the Premier League in 2005-06, yeah. uh, we're going to have that year's Nigel Rio Coca. Uh, Nigel, um, for what it's worth, was accused of speeding on the M40 in 2011. Uh, I think he got away with that one. And then uh, he obviously hadn't learned his lesson. And a year later was nicked again on another <laughs> motorway doing 114 miles per hour. So uh, he was really going for it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, for, for that year anyway, he's, uh, he's, he's going in the, the centre of midfield. And he, um, and he had a good song as well, didn't he? A nice song. Yes. Do, do, do Nigel Rear Coker. Yes, he did. And it was, yeah, and it was quite unique, wasn't it? It was one of those that hasn't sort of transferred to, to other players. I don't know. I like the Colton Cole song and Joe Cole. And, and yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Or the Payette song, which seems uh, every, everyone exactly. Yeah, that really yeah. annoys me. It was, it was our song first. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's really something stuff that really gets my goat. Right, okay, we'll put, we'll put Nigel at centre. Who's going to partner Nigel in the middle then, Graham? Well, it's got to be the one, if not, not even West Ham, but England's uh, greatest player who never was. Uh, he could have been an absolute superstar. Mm. Um, but his head just wasn't in the game. And again, a bit like Nigel, uh, we saw very, very brief glimpses of it, especially at Tottenham, uh, famously in the Carabao Cup. Or No, it wasn't the Carabao Cup. Whatever it was before the Carabao Cup. But when we went up to Spurs and he scored an incredibly brilliant goal, Maisie dribble from the halfway line through the centre. It's got yeah. to be Ravel Morrison. Yeah. Uh, charge sheet, as long as you're armed, this lad. Yeah. Um, assault, harassment, threatening to throw acid in, in his girlfriend's face, blowing up a house. You name it, he's done it. Um, could have been an absolute superstar. Yeah. Pissed it all up the wall. And it's yeah. a real shame. Just, just didn't have the temperament to be, a, to be a professional footballer. I think he's at Sheffield United now, isn't he? Yeah, he's at Sheffield United. Well, yeah, I, think, so, yeah, I think he's going... Actually, you know, tell I, I think he might be on loan to Middlesbrough. I think he went on... Oh, has he gone out again? Oh, okay. Yeah. From, I think Sheffield United took him on... They signed him, and I think if I'm right, I'm sure someone will comment and 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 if I'm wrong. Um, but I think he's gone. He went online to, to Middlesbrough. I think. 
happen. Okay. I mean, again, as well as the, 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 uh, the flirting with the law, there's a thousand stories about Ravel yeah. Morrison that everyone's got to tell I me. Mean, I think my favourite is how when he was at West Ham, uh, the players went into the changing room one day um, at, uh, at Chabul Heath and they all went to uh, the sort of general area to where, where there's normally a TV. And one of the players, it might have been Kevin Nolan, noticed that the TV was missing. And they sort of started asking questions. And in the end, Ravel put his hand up and, and fessed up and said, yeah, I took it. And they were like, well, why did you take the telly, Ravel? And apparently he said, well, I liked it. And, and that was it. That was his explanation. <laughs> he stole the telly because he liked it. You know, he could have, could have, probably could have brought 500 TVs yes. with the money he'd earned that month, but decided he'd taken a, a liking to the TV at Chabal Heath and thought that was it. He was going to take Pro- it. That probably gives you an idea about the person, about, you know. Yeah, yeah. But what a player he could have yes. been, you know. Yeah. We, we've all seen. You remember at West Ham when we had all those training videos they used to do? And England as well when he was training with England you know some of the yeah. things he was doing was just it was incredible. always the clips wasn't it it was always him, such a shame. his viral oh, clips absolutely. Yeah. Such, a, such a shame that he, he just didn't have the temperament to you know to knuckle down and get on with and, it and but, when uh, someone like when someone like Sir Alex can't get the best out of him that's a huge that should be a huge you know, question mark in his head you know and, yeah. and yeah but as you said he'll always be remembered for that goal and that sort of period yeah. where he was just amazing um, but yeah okay like, right we put a reveal in it's quite a youthful team. I quite like that. We're like Nigel. I'm thinking Nigel's all his twenties, and, and obviously yeah. Ravel. I like that. There's a lot of. Yeah, lot we of... have actually. I've not noticed that. Yeah, I mean, especially when they were at their their peak at West Ham. Yeah, a lot of these were. Yeah. Right. Who are we going to go for in your striker positions then, Graham? Right. So up front again, we've got a plethora of options. Sure. Uh, we could have had um, some of the, some some that were considered Diafro Sacco. Uh, who I wrote about last week. It's another one who's a, a real shame. It looks like mm. his career's over mm. and he's just 30 years old. But he was, uh, he was nicked for assault, another one, in 2015 while at West Ham. Uh, done a couple of naughty things since that uh, I've sort of seen him in trouble with the law as well. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned before that um, Sean Newton uh, was, was done for taking that £50 bribe. And apparently it was uh, Bobby Zamora and Teddy Sheringham went to court in 2008 um, and the charge was that they'd paid a, a teammate who it transpired was uh, Newton to take responsibility for a driving offence. <laughs> madness, madness. Um, neither of those make it um, on, on, uh, in, in this particular team, unfortunately. Colton Cole, our, our, the glorious Colton Cole, who was very, very close to getting into the team. Yeah. Um, doesn't quite make it, um, but Colton, when he was working under Gianfranco Zola, failed a breath test. Um, in September of 2009, but he doesn't quite make the team. We could have had, uh, these are a couple of um, players that you sort of only really flirted with West Ham in the first team. Christian Montano, I'm not sure he even played for the first team, did he? he But he was was arrested on suspicion of spot fixing a few years ago, apparently. Um, We could have had Diego Tristan, who had that season, or half season here on loan. Uh, He was banned from driving for three years after... uh, crashing into a taxi uh, whilst he was uh, here at West Ham. <laughs> I don't know if it was West Ham that drove him, drove the, drove him to drink or whether it was something else, yeah, you know, but then, yeah, again, yeah, there's yeah. another common theme emerging here. <laughs> um, so none of those guys made it. They, they were all potentials, but none of them get in the team. So okay. uh, I've gone for, I've gone for a, a Scottish and a Welsh partnership up front. Okay, yep. Um, <laughs> so we'll begin with, uh, first of all, we're going to go with the mighty Frank McAvenny. Uh, who, you know, one of the best strikers we've ever had at the club. And, and again, a player who 
know, had that superb couple of years in his first spell. Um, Frank, when his career uh, finished, had a few problems with the law. I think like many players, didn't really know what to do with himself mm. and mm. probably mixed in some, you know, the, the wrong circles and um, just made some bad uh, life choices really at the time. Uh, fortunately, he's come out of that and, you know, everything seems to be going swimmingly well for him now. But uh, Frank McEvoy, what a player. What a player, Russ, eh? Absolutely incredible player. Again, in that team with Mark Ward in the mid-80s, uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, look at those games like that, that season. Uh, you, you're saying that, so you were looking at Robert Banks' channel. I think Has he got the 85, 86 season on there? No, I think he starts sort of the early 90s, I think. Oh, he hasn't got yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, I think if, so. If, if you get a chance to look at that season, I, I know it's difficult because a lot of those games weren't televised, were they? Because yeah. that's when the, uh, the, the strike was on. Mm. Um, but uh, you know that season he was McAvenny was phenomenal uh, that game you know I, th- I think you'll, you'll probably have seen the highlights of the game at Chelsea where we smashed them 4-0 yeah. I think it was at Easter 1986 him and Cotty that, that, that just epitomised what they were about you know sure. those two that year so absolutely Frank McAvenny definitely has to go in yeah. uh, for, uh, for one of our strike positions and he's going to be partnered by another player who had a fantastic first season at the club. Um, this particular player, known as a bit of a hothead, but mm. uh, I don't think we saw too much of it during his early years at West Ham. But he was arrested uh, in November 1997 at the, uh, the Swallow Hotel in Waltham Abbey um, after apparently uh, enjoying a night out with his father or uh, a little bit too much. And he spent a night in the cells and w- was cautioned for it, uh, for drunken disorder. Um, but uh, that was about it. And of course, I'm talking about John Hartson. Yeah. Who, with, without his intervention and, and that of uh, Paul Kitson, we, we wouldn't have stayed up yeah. no. in, in, in that year, you know, 96, 97. Those two came in and they were absolutely outstanding out of this yes. world. Uh, three million pounds, I think, we paid Arsenal for him, which mm. seemed an incredible amount of money at the time. Um, but by God, did he pay it back. And of course, yeah. we, we then... Uh, Managed to squeeze uh, Wimbledon out of seven and a half million when we sold him a couple of years later. So uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it sort of turned out well from, uh, from, all, from all points of view there, really. But no, Hartson no. and McAvenny, can you imagine those two up front together? What a partnership that would be. If I, was, you know, if I was one of the centre-backs, the opposition, I would not be absolutely. looking forward to that. Absolutely. They, they yeah. would knock you all over the place, wouldn't they? So they give you a minute. Yeah. yeah. So those two, I think Hartson and McAvenny would be my, my dream pairing up front. Definitely. Love it, love it. So we've got Stephen Bywalls in goal. We've got Glenn Johnson, Anton, Ginger Pele, Repka in the centre-backs. That's a taste. I mean, you know, Repka and Collins together. If you were the, if you were the left winger, you're not going to have a chance there. Um, then midfield, we've got Sinks on the left, Mark Ward on the right, Doo-Doo-Doo, Nigel Rea-Coker and Ravel Morrison. And up front, McAvenny and Hartson. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Graham, it's been absolutely brilliant. And thank you so much research and effort. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I've got a manager as well, if you want a manager. Got, go on in. Who's the manager? Well, yeah. again, this, this was a choice of two. I mean, it could have been Sam Allardyce um, was, well, we know what he's been up yeah. to with the FA in England. I mean, that wasn't uh, obviously anything to do with the police, but he was, he was the victim of a crime. Uh, I, doing my research, I discovered when someone broke into his house and nicked a watch. Um, which the police apparently later recovered and valued at £500. That was until they figured out it was a fake. So, Sam Allardyce and fake watches. I mean, it's just, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? You know, it, it, it just go, goes hand in hand. Uh, so, in the end, I mean, if you, it's got to be the one and only, uh, the man who was arrested in 2007 on suspicion of tax evasion, 
who claimed uh, that he didn't know how to use email, who opened an account in his dog's name in which he deposited £190,000 and was cleared at the end of it all. Amazingly, Harry Redknapp. If you're going if you, if to have a team of vagabonds and ne'er-do-wells, who else to have in charge of them than Harry, Harry Redknapp? Yeah, it has to be Harry. So there you go. Harry as boss. There you go. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Graham, it's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. Thank it's been you. Re- well, thank really you for appreciate it. It's been fun. It's been great. It's fun. been great fun. Great fun. And thank you to everyone watching. Obviously, share, like, subscribe. You know what to do. Obviously, watch it. Watch them all. We've got a whole bunch of uh, new videos coming up. Go back and watch the old ones. Relive some of the stories you've heard. And until next time, everybody, stay safe. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 